Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Happy Thanksgiving. We did it. Unbelievable. Yes. Oh my God. I have to sort of recollect myself as I sit here, but this is, this is a special moment. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours and welcome into the Believe and Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network. I am just an overjoyed Jonas Nordman sitting here after a long summer of discontent and an abbreviated spring, and we did it. I sat there. I'm coming to you on Wednesday, posting this Wednesday night ahead of Thursday, because tomorrow is the day. If you get a chance to listen to this before the game, awesome. If, it come, if you have a chance to listen to it after, you can write into me and say, man, you really predicted the KU-Gonzaga game terribly. But let's get down to the brass tacks in the business. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And what I believe is that the curtain has been raised. The ball is tipped. Oh, college basketball is back in full force. And by the time you are listening to this episode, in all likelihood, Kansas will have either played or will be on the verge of starting their 2020-2021 campaign. It is tomorrow, 1.30 Eastern. For all of you still in the breadbasket in the middle of the country, that will be 12.30 p.m. Kansas on Fox takes on the number one ranked Gonzaga Zags Bulldogs. Do a little bit of preview on that just because we haven't had we have we've been talking about the big 12 teams up to this point and I'm going to get to what I believe is our eagerly anticipated things I'm worried about (laughs) with Kansas basketball this year the Kansas Jayhawks. You can get all the sunshine and rainbows you want from Athlon and the local rags and other podcasts, specifically other podcasts, a lot of sunshine and rainbows. Uh, But this is what I'm worried about. It's amazing. Uh, (laughs) Right after a season ends, and obviously we got left in some despair, but we got left with a lot of positivity as well with last year's crew. The consensus number one team in the country the most dominant force in college basketball at Yudoka Azubuki, the fastest point guard in the nation, Devon Dotson, the best defensive player in the country, and Marcus Garrett. Uh, they were rolling. They come into this season on a winning streak. It was nothing but positives except for, you know, the whole world burning to a ground aspect of everything. So after a season, you're sort of like, okay, fun season, regardless of what happened, generally a Big 12 championship. And you start planning ahead. You start saying, oh, okay, so this guy projects into the starting lineup. Oh, I can't wait to see how so-and-so will grow like a tree and develop. And the summer continues. 
kind of forget about college basketball a bit, maybe focus on baseball, NFL happenings, you're basking in whatever happened in the NFL postseason, you're grilling, and then you start creeping back towards college basketball and Kansas getting ready to take the court. You know, late night in the fog, more times than not, is going to happen. And you, you start really dissecting the upcoming team, the upcoming season. And that's when I start to see the potential warts and really just what I will be keeping an eye on and what I'm worried about. But we'll get to that later in the episode. That's a tease. (laughs) Jonas Nordman here. Get at me. Instagram, JonasN310. On Twitter, Jonasty90. Believe Podcast Network, always pumping out some really good content. Uh, I know a lot of people are, well, I don't, you know what? I don't know what a lot of people are up to right now. Are they stuck in their car heading home? Maybe. Are they stuck at home, not heading back to their hometowns? Potentially. Good chance of that right now. Um, Are they waiting in the airport? I don't know. It's a distinct possibility. So, all of those different aspects, all those different ways you could be, quote-unquote, enjoying Thanksgiving 2020, <laughs> uh, they certainly lend themselves to the opportunity to listen to some really good either sports-themed podcasts, entertainment, culture, what have you. I, myself, will be with my parents tomorrow night, the family. Looking forward to it. I will be getting my bake on. I will try uh, a little pumpkin pecan crumble, kind of like a coffee cake, but with like pumpkin pie filling. It'll be delightful. I've tried it once before. Pretty darn good. Um, hope you have a great Thanksgiving in whatever way you're going about it. Although truly what we all will be thankful for is if Kansas figures out a way to take down Gonzaga, Tomorrow's NFL matchups are not great. So, with that being said, Kansas actually has the opportunity to be front and center on the national sports landscape tomorrow. And they have themselves a very high-profile matchup. The two teams that were arguably the two best teams in college basketball last year, the truncated college basketball season, I've yelled about it until I was blue in the face, crimson and blue, if you will. Uh, Gonzaga took over number one in the net rankings ahead of Kansas because Gonzaga had the opportunity to play their West Coast Conference Tournament. KU, of course, number one in every other ranking. And did they finish it off? Did they face off? Did they decide things on a Final Four court last year? No. That's okay. Instead, they'll be in Fort Myers, Florida on Thanksgiving Day, I believe in front of limited fans. Don't quote me on that uh, until the broadcast tomorrow. But I do believe, and I went on StubHub.com, a a company that I'm sure is absolutely struggling considering everything that's going on. And and to be said, a company that I feel not that bad for. Yeah, you have exorbitant taxes and fees on your tickets. That'll show you. Don't come crawling back to me when we're allowed to go back to events. StubHub. So that being said, I believe there might be fans at the game tomorrow between KU and Gonzaga. How much of a difference will it make? 
will KU fans, will Jayhawk Nation be able to show out in force like they usually do for road games? Probably not. Not with the same effect. But if there's any crimson and blue out there, I'm sure it'll make a huge difference. But as per usual, it'll, the, the game will be decided by the action down there on the hardwood. So let's get to it a little bit. I spoke with my Gonzaga fan friend, you know, really in-depth stuff. And I said, who's Gonzaga bringing back this year? And his response was, I mean, everybody. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. They did not bring back, quote-unquote, everybody from a top-two team last year. Philip Petrushev is gone. Killian Tilly is gone. And those are two guys that average uh, 17 points and 13 points uh, respectively between the two of them. But what they do bring back is still formidable. Corey Kispert comes back, the senior. He averaged 14 points per game last year. Joel Ayayi, a junior point guard who is lightning quick, comes back who averaged just over 10 points per game last year. And they add a very talented freshman forward, a swingman, if you will, in Jalen Suggs. This is an excellent team with an excellent coach. And the thing about this Gonzaga team and the thing that might push them over the top might be that last name that I mentioned, Jalen Suggs. At this point, we know the Gonzaga MO. No, they don't play in a competitive conference. But yes, we do know that this is a quality program that churns out good teams that are hard to beat. Yes, by the time they get to conference play and they start running off like 20 wins in a row, you roll your eyes a bit. But they always are, they're never afraid to play anyone in non-conference play. They always are competitive. That championship has been elusive for them. They finally made a Final Four a couple of years ago and played North Carolina very tight. Remember they had Zach Collins on that team, the guy who, uh, the player who's now in the Portland Trailblazers. He's got some busted shoulders though. So Gonzaga up to this point has been transfers and development. Immediately coming to mind, a player like Kyle Wilcher transferred out of Kentucky, went to Gonzaga, starred there for a year or two. I think of development players, say, like Kevin Pangos, the point guard, even Petrushev, who just left this past year. He was a program guy, averaged close to, like I said, 20 points last year. Transfers, development, international waters. You know, Joel Ayayi is a French point guard playing for Gonzaga. Gonzaga, But they don't typically go out there and hammer the recruiting trail. Until basically this year. Jalen Suggs is a legit five-star recruit, projected potential top 10 lottery pick in next year's NBA draft. And maybe just that raw talent could be the key piece for this year's ensemble coming out of Spokane. Another key piece that just today, or was it yesterday, uh, as in Tuesday or Wednesday, is being added to the arsenal for Gonzaga. Andrew Nemhard, former player for the Florida Gators, granted his waiver. He is immediately eligible. He will be available to play against KU. That's just another seasoned Wiley vet, another talented player, another 
card to play from the deck for Mark Few and Gonzaga. This is a tough game. Uh, most of the odds and most of the spreads I've seen on it has seen Gonzaga always favored. Uh, prob- it's been like the four, four and a half to five point range in terms of the spread. And for a neutral site game between two powerhouses in this weird era, uh, no fans, masks, COVID, all that, that feels like a pretty heavy favorite, to be honest. I know it's less than 10 points. I know it's essentially a two-possession game. But coming off a season which you were the consensus number one team in Kansas, yes, they lose their two best players. Uh, that feels like pretty heavy favorites, Gonzaga over Kansas. I think I would probably favor Gonzaga myself. And I, I think it comes down to the fact that they have a bit more ironed out at this point than what Kansas does. It is that returning talent is players familiar with the system and the roles that they're in. I think that will perhaps favor Gonzaga. Should be an amazing game. Corey Kispert is one of the best shooters in the country. And I'm really excited to see what Jalen Suggs can do. I really am. I feel like that's a pretty perfect segue, if you will, into my worries for Kansas. Because Lord knows I still consider myself a pretty overconfident and excitable Kansas follower, devotee. But there's always warts that you see, and there's always worries for a, for a group. So let, let, let's get into that now. Kansas versus Gonzaga, it is what it is. Should be a really great game. Hopefully, look, Kansas takes on St. Joseph's the very next day. No offense to St. Joe's. Great program, great history. Love the hawk that stands on the corner, constantly flapping his wings. I hope he's there for the game on Friday. I doubt it. Uh, but Kansas is sitting pretty in the fact that in all likelihood, they shouldn't go 0-2. You never want to start a season 0-2. You play a tough first game, you at least want to get on the chalkboard the next game. Should be good in that respect. But you hope to see some positives for KU. So here's what I'm worried about, though. Quick reset. What does KU lose? Yudoka Azubuki. They lose Devon Dotson, signed with the Bulls. And people also forget they also lost... Isaiah Moss, the transfer out of Iowa, the three-point threat that the team sort of needed from the year before, eventually solidified himself in the starting lineup, had a really solid year. He did what he needed to, which is to stretch the floor and take some pressure off of Yudoka Azubuki down low. So out are Big Doak, Devon, and Isaiah. And in steps Jethro Muscadin, Latrell Jossel, Dewan Harris, Tyon Grant Foster. Great names that I'm sort of struggling to come up with right now, but that will be household names for Kansas fans in give or take two weeks. So let's start it off. Worry number one, size. You lose essentially a walking planet in Yudoka as a you're going to have a lot to overcome. And it turns out that he was a first round draft talent in Yudoka as This was not, by the way, a worry of mine 
just, oh, a month ago? Because my worries in terms of size is quality size. <laughs> it's a lot of, that's what she said, jokes flying around right now. Um, look, you're asking David McCormack now to step in a brand new role. And that's sort of where a lot of my worries are going to fall for KU is the new roles. And are guys able to step into new situations? What new expectations? McCormack has had a lot of playing time. As Ibuki got hurt two years ago, McCormack finished off the year as the starting center to, you know, back and forth results. He's an excitable young man, always moving his feet. Had the chance to really, really solidify himself last year. And, you know, he had some really good games. He had some not-so-great games, and he essentially ended up losing his starting spot, right? One part was because of what we saw out of David McCormack. The other part was because Kansas was just clearly that much better at playing a four-guard lineup, Mostly, most likely to play a four-guard lineup all year again this season. In fact, Bill Self has said he feels pretty confident in the fact that David McCormack, Ochai Marcus Garrett, and Christian Brown are, will be four of your five starters for the Gonzaga game. The fifth is yet to be determined. My guess is, looking at Garrett, Abaji, Brown, either Harris or Grant Foster would be my guess. Maybe Harris as a true point guard, although with Marcus Garrett presumably taking a lot of ball handling duties, maybe go with tie on Grant Foster as a little bit of a scoring punch, which we'll get to in just a second. But I, di- I didn't feel so worried about David McCormack and Mitch Lightfoot when they were going to be supported by Silvio DeSosa. Yes, Silvio had a bad year last year. Yes, he got suspended and basically didn't play. But still a live body with Final Four experience. And now DeSosa is not here. Stepped away from the program, dealing with his own-ish off the court. And now you take out DeSosa, you elevate Lightfoot to a, a bigger role, and all of a sudden you've got David McCormack, who by all reports has been Bill Self's standout performer of preseason training camp, which is great. Um, but, you know, the lights are about to shine very bright tomorrow against Gonzaga. And then you, you elevate, call it what it is, right, a 6'7", 6'8", 6'6", 6'7", at best, power forward in Mitch Lightfoot as your quality depth. And then you have Jethro Muscadin, the freshman, who we don't know yet. This is not a highly touted recruit. I'm sure he's a quality player. Haven't seen him play, though. And I'm really saying I'm worried about quality size because I'm really, really eyeballing at the moment the West Virginia games. Derek Culver, Oscar Sheboy. We know a lot of times West Virginia's best offense is a missed shot because they they let their beasts go and get the offensive rebound, play a little volleyball on the backboard. If McCormack gets in foul trouble, I'm a little worried. And if he's unable to step into his starring role, as the man in the middle, I'm a little worried. We saw him develop that, that little cute baseline jumper last year. He extended his game, essentially free throw line length. Freak athlete. We'll see about the post moves. We'll see if he can be the anchor defensively. And God help KU should he get hurt. So I'm a little worried about quality size. David McCormack, Mitch Lightfoot, Jethro Muscadin. 
just numbers don't lie, right? David McCormack last year is going from a 6.9, we'll call it 7, 6.9, nice, a seven-point-per-game performer last year into a focal point of a top-10 program. And he only averaged 14.7 minutes per game. So this is a big jump for McCormack. And they are now also adding in Mitch Lightfoot, who sat out last year because he was in his senior year. We redshirted his senior year because he knew that he needed to add some seasoning to his game. My second worry, just scoring. Huh. Right? That's, that's not necessarily what you want to hear when you're talking about the game of basketball. I'm a little worried how they're going to put points on the board. Last year, 74.6 points per game for the team as a whole, but you take out Devon Dotson, who, when needed, Bill Self basically just ran a play that said, Devon goes really fast, no one can stay in front of him, and we get a layup. Or, you know, they throw it to the guy who I think ended up second all-time in field goal percentage in Azubuki. So, yeah, you're losing quite the one-two punch in terms of scoring. 18 points per game for Dotson, a, a hair under 14 for Azubuki. And there's a group that I am staring directly at where I think the scoring is going to have to come from. For Kansas to really become that top six, jump into the top five, and again, challenge Baylor at the top of the Big 12, top of the nation, if you will. I'm looking at you, Tristan and Aruna, in your development. I'm looking at you, Jalen Wilson, the transfer from Michigan, who missed last year due to injuries and basically not a lot of playing time. I'm looking at you, Tyon Grant Foster. I think a lot of the scoring, or I think the new scoring punch, and call it perhaps the points from Isaiah Moss that are available. I think from that group, someone really is going to have to step up. I think they're asking Grant Foster to be a go-to guy. Remember, Grant Foster, best junior college player in the nation last year. But that's junior college. This is the Big 12. I'm looking at that group, and I'm looking at your handsome face, Ochai Baji. Last year was a step back, and I think he'd be willing to admit it as well. The three-point shooting numbers are fine. Percentage-wise, it says that he averaged basically 34%, 10 points per game for Ochai. But, man, did you feel confident whenever... Agbaji was lining up a three last year. I did not necessarily, especially when there was what one or two instances when he would hit a three point shot off of the side of the backboard. Freak athlete, best athlete in the country featured on the new ESPN commercial for the start of college basketball season. But this is, this is the time where Ochai Abaji potentially turns himself uh, again, into a first-round draft pick because NBA teams are going to want to work with that athleticism. You can't teach that. If he can refine his basketball skills, bump up that scoring average from 10 to maybe 13 to 15, then we're cooking with the oil here. 
So those are sort of my de facto on the court X's and O's worries for KU. My third one's a bit more, you know, spiritual, if you will. And you're listening to Believe in Jayhawks Basketball Show on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, again, I, I want interaction. I would love to know what you're worried about. I'd love for you to tell me I'm crazy and that these are not the issues to look at. KU's sitting pretty, in fact. And I know that these are very first-world problems. Oh, my God, I'm worried about David McCormack stepping up. This former McDonald's All-American who's gathered seasoning behind a first-round draft pick. I know, I know. But the third worry for me is no crowd. Simple, yes. Not the most out there thinking. But it's been announced for the first two home games for Kansas this year that they will have no fans. So that means first game against Washburn shouldn't make a difference, right? (laughs) And then North Dakota State, the Bison, who, by the way, lost today to Nevada. But in this era of limited attendance, potentially no fans whatsoever, indoor arena. Look, Kansas essentially has, well, how many home games do they play a year? 18 or so? Maybe a little bit more give or take from there, right? They have a a good amount of wins baked into their schedule every year. It is the biggest advantage in college basketball. They have a revenge game against the team. You know, maybe they lose a tough road game earlier in the year in conference season. Bring them back around to the field house. It is a battle zone. Kansas generally comes out of that matchup favorably. Team's a little flat. They got that crowd behind them. You know, these are college kids. I don't expect them to be consistent every single game. They are not paid professionals. Insert your own Adidas joke there. But with limited crowd, with no crowd, it's just going to be tougher. So those are my worries. Quality size, scoring, Crowd situation. That being said, there's no reason to wallow in misery. KU takes the, f- takes the floor tomorrow. They take the court is what I mixed up in my mouth. A new season is upon us. It was great to have college basketball scores coming r- across my phone today. UCLA, a ranked UCLA team, lost to San Diego State. Kentucky The freshman looked pretty good. Uh, Villanova struggled today with Boston College. It's all here, baby. Oklahoma State had a tough time in their game. Texas Tech looked pretty good. We're ready to go, baby. College basketball is here. It's got a few more scores I'm looking at here. Anyone else sort of bite the dust? Oh, West Virginia. Only one by eight over South Dakota State. Hmm. And I saw Arizona State. Yeah, they did have a tough time with Rhode Island. We're back. If you stuck with the show all off season, as we tried to find content week in, week out, I appreciate it. This is what you've been waiting for. 
in-season programming. It's about to get ratcheted up. I'm excited. We've been waiting for this for a long time. I can't wait to see my questions get answered. I can't wait to eat some crow. <laughs> I think it's a good way to put it. I'd love to see David McCormack come out tomorrow and get a double-double. I'd love to see Agbaji come out and you know go for 20 points or so. And, of course, you'll notice I didn't mention Marcus Garrett at all. Not worried. The scoring, the outside shooting, it is what it is. It's all bonus. I can't wait to watch Marcus Garrett play some defense against a really good Gonzaga team. Jalen Suggs, welcome to college basketball. Your number one assignment, first thing up, is the reigning defensive player of the year. Should be great. Should be a really interesting season. Who knows how it's going to go, if it's going to happen. Regardless, again, have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the turkey. Careful of that trip to fam. Careful of those politics talks. But otherwise, stay safe. Have a great holiday. Watch out for the crowds on Friday, potentially. But as always, rock chalk. Rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Lone Beach together. Now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.